You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Five Things to Watch. Welcome to Five Things here on KC Sports Network. It's Five Things to Watch for Chiefs vs. Lions. You're going to hear from myself, Craig Stout, Maddie Lane, the KC Laboratory. You're going to hear from BJ Kissel and Cole DeRuz, a.k.a. How About Those Chiefs? You're going to hear from The Process with Sean Barber. You're going to hear Outside the Trenches. And you're also going to hear Only Weird Games. We're all giving you one thing to watch here on KC Sports Network. Really excited to kick this off with thing number one. And excited, maybe not the appropriate word, I guess, in some regard, because, yeah, we're excited to talk about this game for sure. This is one that, it's it's not the most pleasant thing to discuss right now. The Chiefs-Travis Kelsey situation hyperextends his knee in the Tuesday practice. A lot of concern early on. Turns out, a bone bruise. The status is questionable now. It's, 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 it's trended in the right direction. If Travis Kelsey plays... It might be in a limited capacity. Let's just say for, uh, you know, let's just say they do a little bit of load management, maybe just to try to get him on the field. What does a limited capacity Travis Kelsey look like, Maddie? I mean, that's that's the question we have to look at here, right? Travis Kelsey had, needs to have his snaps managed even more so when he's coming, when he's dealing with an injury like this than he typically would. So you're taking a tight end. You're probably only using him on money downs. You're waiting till third downs. You're waiting till the red zone. You're kind of waiting until stuff has to get done. You need that reliable guy like Kelsey to come in. You don't want to ask him to go in there and bang around with a bunch of other defensive linemen. You don't want to put him in a spot where somebody might be trying to take him out at the knee all the time. So you might not be trying to put him in a ton of yards after catch scenarios. You really just kind of want to use him as a possession receiver. And that kind of opens the door up, I think, for the rest of the tight end room to really get some extra reps and how we think they might funnel in, Greg. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a big Blake Bell game. This just feels like a time where you turn to a guy who knows the offense really, really well. You know, even if you're just living in 11 personnel, a lot of the time I can see Blake Bell being the guy just as kind of the in man on the line of scrimmage, extra blocker, gets out in some routes every once in a while, but not a guy that you're really counting on to, you know, make a big impact in the passing game. That's going to be more Noah Gray. I can see 12 personnel with him as a sniffer getting on the move a little bit, getting vertical, doing some of the things that we've become accustomed to with Travis Kelsey. I can see a lot of both of those guys, but I just really feel like at this point, keeping Noah Gray inside what he already knows how to do within the offense, and I do think they've got a big package for him this year as a, you know as he grows into it, just leaving Blake Bell as the guy that just knows all of the positions and has known this offense for a long time just makes all the sense in the world to say, you get out there, you take as many of the reps as possible, and we'll save Travis Kelsey for those most important downs. You know, I, I kind of wonder with we, what we saw to Travis Kelsey. And look, like Travis Kelsey is not a young player now. You know, he's going to be 34 here shortly. And, you know, we saw him at the end of last year kind of, you know, he was he was running on fumes to the finish line. I almost wonder a little bit if, you know, there was some intentionality and decisions being made to maybe try to help lighten his load a little bit in some capacity too and try to lean on on Noah Gray a little bit more. Uh, You know, just just maybe not on key downs necessarily, but just maybe to try to help just lighten the load. I don't think Travis Kelsey was, they were planning on using Travis Kelsey all too much as a blocker 
you know, for, for the 2023 season. I think that lo- load could have been lightened a little bit. So in that regard, I think your your hope is if, if he ha- does have to play in some kind of limited capacity, maybe it doesn't completely alter everything altogether from a, from a you know play calling perspective. I think the thing that really sucks is the, the call sheet was you know fully installed by that Tuesday practice. And I think that's where it's going to get a little bit difficult for them to navigate. Um, you know, who do you think could step up, Maddie, if if uh, you know, if Travis Kelsey does have to play on a snap count? That just in totality for the offense, it's not just a tight end that has to, you know, apples to apples replace, but who's some players that you think could potentially step up? I mean, I think this is kind of not a make or break game, but this is where Sky Moore kind of either announces that he's arriving for the Chiefs to be a guy taking that big step his second year that's really going to fulfill that Juju Smith-Schuster-like usage of being a quality, reliable possession receiver over the middle of the field. It's like, this is kind of his time to shine. If he can't step up to the plate in this moment, then not that the Chiefs necessarily have to panic, but it might be time to start going back to the drawing board a little bit. So I'm kind of open for big things from him. Yeah, I'm going to say in the red zone, they need a guy like Justin Ross this week. I was a little questionable whether or not they were going to keep seven wide receivers active this week with Travis Kelsey being a little bit limited. I really true do, do truly believe that they're going to bring in more of those red zone targets, more of those guys to help get things across the line a little bit more. And Justin Ross seems to have been that so far this preseason. I can see him, once they get into the red zone, being a much bigger threat for this offense than maybe he would have been with Travis Kelsey fully healthy. Okay, so final question for you two guys here in terms of Travis Kelsey. Let's say he's going to be limited and the Chiefs don't know how much he's going to be able to play in this game. Is it more likely that the Chiefs just keep all seven wide receivers active, dressed, and ready to play on game day? Or they use a practice squad call-up on a guy like Matt Bushman or... Probably unlikely, but you know, late addition Garrett Prince coming to the practice squad. Which of those options do you think is the most likely? Most likely, I think it's the seventh wide receiver. I really do truly believe that. I don't think that that disqualifies from Matt, Matt Bushman being called up either. But I do think that if I had to bet on one of those to happen more likely than the other, it's keeping all seven. I'm actually with you on that. I think you know the, and I I think seven might have been the play anyways. So that's it. And I think just there could be a potential roster crunch and some difficult decisions about the the ability of Travis Kelsey that you have to take into consideration with it, with all of that too. So like I think there's there's a lot of validity to that. I think it's seven receivers. Maybe Bushman gets called up. I think there's there's some there's some roster crunches that they're going to have to navigate here pretty quick. You know, we just got done talking about Sky Moore. He's a second year player. But there's some other second year players that I think VJ Kissel and Cole DeRuz from How About Those Chiefs want to talk about. That's right. What's going on, everybody? BJ Kissel hanging out with my buddy Cole DeRuz from How About Those Chiefs, the Bearded Wonder. Cole, what's going on, man? <laughs> what's up, man? How's it going? I'm honored to be on the on a quick little snippet here. Yeah, no, this is gonna be fun. It's uh, it's a new, not a new show, but a new style to the show that we're doing. Everybody, we're gonna have a bunch of different groups give kind of their thing to watch in this game as the Chiefs getting ready to take on the Detroit Lions and uh, Chiefs. Doesn't look like they're going to have Chris Jones. We know that at this point. And Travis Kelsey's status kind of up in the air. I'd be surprised at this point if he's going to play. Uh, but uh, there's no shortage of storylines going into this one. Uh, curious, what are you looking forward to? What's your thing to watch in this game between the Chiefs and Lions on Thursday? Yeah, I think three hours ago, my answer was slightly different. Um, but if we leave Kelsey aside right now for another time, um, I think just watching Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do their thing week one, basically a mega buy. Um, they're already crazy after a buy. 
So we'll go we'll go after regular season bias, not apples to apples comparison, but Patrick Mahomes still averages almost 300 yards a game, over one and a half touchdowns, about half of an interception, and 31.4 points per game. That's after a bye week in the regular season. Now, opening week, it's even crazier. Andy Reid is 9-1 and one as a Chiefs head coach uh, week one, but then since Patrick Mahomes took the helm, 5-0. and oh, Dude, I had to like double-check my math on this just to make sure because I did all this by hand. Uh, but week one, Patrick Mahomes averages 308.4 yards per game, 3.6 touchdowns, zero <laughs> INTs, and this is what I had to double-check, 37.8 points per game. Um, so that's definitely something I'm kind of mm, just thinking, regardless of who's there, not there, injured, playing, uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes are going to figure it out, and they're going to put up a bunch of points, which I honestly think they might need to against uh, a very good yeah. Lions team. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't want to get it into a shootout necessarily with the Chiefs, but we're going up against a quarterback that has gone into a shootout with the Chiefs and came out on the other side of it uh, on that historic yep. game on, uh, I think it was Monday Night Football, out of the L.A. Coliseum after the Shakira concert ruined the field down in Mexico and <laughs> put the game in L.A. Uh, it was a very memorable game, but yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I'm not ever going to doubt Patrick Mahomes. I think last year people doubted him. as like, oh, what's he going to do without Tyreek Hill? And he went and won a Super Bowl. Now it's what's he going to do at least for a little bit without Chris Jones. And now just add Travis Kelsey on the mix. They're just trying to make this guy's story and journey just so interesting and just trying to get these people to doubt him. But uh, you look at the Lions and they've got a lot of confidence coming in. They finished the season last year strong. Uh, they added some pieces to that secondary. Cam Sutton, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's obviously going to want a piece of the Chiefs uh, playing with the Eagles last year. Uh, so there's there's a there's a reason uh, that there's a lot of storylines going in this game. There's a lot of people that um, maybe eyeballs. I I can't remember a, an opening game that had so much excitement around. It's kind of dulled now. It's the time that we're recording this. Then Ch- Travis Kelsey news just came out. Doesn't look like it's going to be too serious based on the national reports with Ian Rapport and some folks coming out. But doesn't look good for Thursday, but you know, Cole, one of the things, and I know you and I spoke about this before on the phone, one of the, it's not about Chris Jones, um, as much as it is the way that people have talked about the chiefs defense struggling and not being anything without Chris Jones. And you're not going to replace him. Neither one of us are going to make that case that the chief defense is going to be anything close to what it could be with him on it. But one of the storylines for me, at least that's getting mixed, uh, missed here is that there are a number and five, six contributors on the defense or starters, depending upon you know the personnel grouping and all that that were rookies last year playing for this Chiefs defense. And all of those guys are going mm-hmm. to be somewhat better. What do you say? Incrementally, significantly better. It's just they've had an offseason to get ready for football. I say it all the time. These guys last year, they were getting ready f- to be good at exercising. They were running 40s. They were doing bench press. They were doing all those things that you do at pro days in the combine. They weren't getting ready to play football. They didn't know their schemes. They didn't know what was being asked of them every day. Now you've got guys like Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Josh Williams, George Karloftis, Brian Cook, that's just on the defensive side of the football. Those guys know what it's like to be a professional now, and those guys are all going to be a little bit better. I just named five major contributors to this team, and Leo Chanel, another one, could have an interesting role. Fun player, Rush Sam. Um, but I, are people missing that part? I know you cover it with your YouTube channel. Make sure you go check out yeah. How About Those Chiefs. I know if you're watching this, you probably already know who the bearded guy is. Um, but like, it's just stuff that you guys have talked about because I just feel like I haven't heard enough about those second-year players making that jump. Yeah, I've definitely talked a lot about the secondary, not even just with the second-year players, but Justin Reed is technically a second-year yeah. player in the Chiefs' um, scheme, or a defensive scheme with Spags, and it's his first year ever in his NFL career having back-to-back years with the same defensive coordinator. So you factor all that in you, w- with what you said, um, 
with all the five players or five or six second year players. And then Justin Reed technically going into his second year um, with the Chiefs. And I, yeah, I'm very excited about the secondary, um, you know, little minor concerns here and there with like Sneed's knee and stuff yeah. like that. And then, you know, uh, no Chris Jones in a minute right now is going to, yeah. I think, put a little extra pressure on the secondary. But I think they're they're going to show up and they'll answer the call. I, I'm also a little bit nervous um, just sometimes it takes them a little while and Spags is the, I mean, Spags been saying it in all of his pressers, uh, give it about four weeks and we'll figure out yeah. where we are. I'm like, well, week one is tomorrow or two days from now when whatever today is. And so, uh, I, I am yeah. excited though with what, uh, to act or to basically, uh, wrap it up here with your thoughts. I am, I'm definitely excited about the secondary. We talked about it a lot. And, uh, with all those guys going into year two, I, I expect really good things, especially with, with a healthy McDuffie too. Yeah, some really smart people told me once never to judge a SPAC defense before Halloween because he's just trying to figure out what they're good at. They, they try a little bit of everything. They figure out what they're good at, and then they focus on that the rest of the year. And the one thing on both sides of the ball that we may see, and we'll never know, but it's kind of that gamesmanship, that chess match, that maybe Spags goes into his bag a little bit more, gets a little more creative than he normally would for a week one game because they don't have Chris Jones or Charles Amenehu. It's a great point that you brought up. And then on the offensive side, maybe the same thing without Travis Kelsey, maybe some of those packaged, unscouted things that, Andy Reid was drawn up on the beach this offseason with Kadarius Tony and some of those guys. Maybe there's some of those plays that he wanted to save till later into the season uh, that he might have to pull out to try to give him something they haven't scouted uh, or looked at. But those are uh, a couple things to watch from us. I'm BJ Kissel. That is Colder Roos from How About Those Chiefs. Make sure you subscribe to his channel. We'll send it back to Kent. Thanks to BJ. Thanks to Colder Roos, a.k.a. How About Those Chiefs. Make sure you're checking out his YouTube page as well. We're going to take a break. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. It's more fun to be there for live Kansas City Chiefs football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com Chiefs. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now it's time to hear from the guys from outside the trenches. Talking about some guys inside the trenches. Tucker Franklin, Brian Hanley wanting to talk about the tackles. Two-thirds of the fellas from the Outside the Trenches podcast hanging out with you here. We're down a man, Nick Leckie, not here. The big B, Brian Hanley, is here. We are talking about the offensive line, specifically those new book-in tackles for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's a very interesting thing to watch, Big B. First, let's start with the preseason. Not a whole lot of hitches in the giddy-up for this uh, this offensive tackle room. No, no. I mean, look, preseason is preseason. Uh, the main thing you want to do is get out healthy, get some work in, which they did, uh, and get out healthy. Uh, I think the tackles, look, I was I, I wasn't a big proponent, I guess, of Orlando Brown, but I thought he was serviceable. Serviceable. He got the job done. Um, I, I think guys are going to like. I think fans are going to like Donovan Smith. He had a bad year last year, but he was hurt. He was beat up and played through injury, and then didn't play well through injury. I, I think with when you get a healthy Donovan Smith, people are really, really going to like him. Uh, and as far as Jawan Taylor, look, it's an upgrade for the Chiefs. Uh, you know, it's an upgrade. I, I'm not going to spill, say anything ill will about Andrew Wiley. That's not my my point or purpose, but the Chiefs upgrade. Let's just leave it at that. I think that's very fair to say, especially when you talk about his athleticism. I remember when yeah. he signed, signed Jawan Taylor. You look at the videos of him working out, just the, his athletic testing has been, that's, that's something that the Chiefs haven't really had at that position since, it's Schwartz, probably. Correct. Now, there's a lot of speculation going around that this could be, I think, out of training camp, there was buzz even from the team that this could be their best tackle pairing in the Patrick Mahomes era. Now, I'm not ready to go that far. I think that's a little bit of a of, of a Mitch Schwartz and Eric Fisher erasure yeah. there. I think that those two guys were a lot better than people think. Um, yes. I, I think Eric Fisher gets a bad rap. That's probably for another podcast at another time. Uh, but when you look at these two, these two tackles, they... Didn't really have a whole lot of a lot of hiccups, as I mentioned earlier in the preseason. But if you look at the teams that they faced, uh, the New Orleans Saints, not a terrible pass rush. Nope. The Arizona Cardinals, a pretty bad pass rush. Right. And the Cleveland Browns, uh, who, when playing their starters, have a pretty good pass rush and a guy named Miles Garrett, who's a pretty decent guy you should, you should <laughs> keep an eye on. Uh, but what are your thoughts kind of on their competition and even upgrade to competition this week uh, that we'll see from, from the Detroit Lions? You know... They obviously have one uh, an elite young pass rusher in in Hutchinson. Uh, very very good. Uh, the thing about him is he's not huge. It's his motor. He does not stop. So you may beat him once. He might counter you. He might you might beat him again. But he's not going to stop. He's going to counter a third time, even a fourth time. He's just going to keep going. So. It's important that guys stay engaged, stay locked on. You know, Mahomes moves around in the pocket, so you're going to have to stay engaged until the whistle because, you know, with Hutchinson, he's not going to stop until the whistle blows. So that's key. And a lot of times you see defensive ends get some of those garbage sacks where the quarterback's moving around or holding the ball or or backs into a sack, which, you know, they all count. It's still lost yardage, so 
The guys are going to have to stay engaged. But again, with what we have in the tackle room with those guys, you mentioned the athleticism. Uh, I, I think it's something that they can excel at. It's something, too, that has been a, a movement of as of late, but I think it fits Patrick Mahomes' play style a little bit more. You mentioned Orlando Brown, and his play style didn't quite match the play style of Patrick Mahomes. Got both of those guys in some trouble sometimes. I think the tackles that they have now are more fitting uh, to what it comes to the Patrick Mahomes play style. Very excited to see these guys play a full game because we have only seen them play like a couple drives, or maybe maybe four or five handful of drives at most in a game. But let's look at the the defensive line for for the uh, for the Lions. You obviously mentioned Aiden Hutchinson. Sean Barber's going to dive into Aiden Hutchinson a whole lot more coming up on this podcast. So if, if you want to you want more about Aiden Hutchinson, he is going to give you. Uh, the lowdown on that. But Romeo Okara also is a, as a defensive end. John Kaminsky, Josh Pascal, those are their other ends. As uh, Isaiah Bugs kind of sure up that middle he was on the entry report, should be fine and ready to go. Uh, but Aleem McNeil as well with Levi Onruzawike, who we mentioned is a guy who came out uh, pretty recently. I think 2021 is when he came out. But uh, they've got a lot of guys on that defensive line that, that are very good and I think uh, will be a good test week one for, the, for this Chiefs offensive line that has these new tackles. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and another thing, you know, it's on the tackles. Don't get me wrong it, to do their job on the outside, but the inside guys help too, absolutely. you know, and, and the one thing that I don't know anybody that knows anything about football, the Chiefs interior three offensive linemen are the best in football. I don't care what anybody says. Those guys are the best as a collective group are the best in football and they can help out. They can help out. They, I mean, when they don't have one-on-one or double team assignments, or nobody's blitzing, they can help out and chip on those guys too. It's always it is great to have a guard that's as good as the two guards that the Chiefs have that are able to help out and get back and do other things. So it's not all, all on the tackles. Inside guys can help too. Um, I'm just excited to see what this offensive line can do because as you mentioned, you know, uh, the best tackle duo since Fisher and Schwartz. And look, Schwartz was the best right tackle in football and for many years didn't get the due I don't think that he deserved and I'm not going to say that that Juwan Taylor is that yet uh but if he is then we got something the, the Chiefs absolutely got something they got something indeed all right that's going to do it for us let's send it back to Kent for more five things thanks to Tucker and Brian Hanley appreciate you guys now let's hear from the process that's Sean Barber, our guy. Barbershop, what you got for us? Hey, man, listen, when it comes to things to watch, man, listen, Aiden Hutchinson is a beast, and we're going to see highlights of him. It's almost like you can't stop him. You just hope to control him. And he lines up all over the field. Um, he has sacks. He has interceptions, uh, hurries, pressures, tackles for loss. I mean, he's a one-man wrecking crew. And what Aaron Glenn and the defense do is they move him all over the field so you can't really – game plan for him, but you got to be able to designate where he is on every snap of the game because the one time you forget to designate where Aiden Hudson is, that's when he's going to make a big play. And when he makes big plays, it's turnover plays. Strip sack fumbles, interceptions, um, punching the ball out when it comes to the ball carrier. Man, he's a jack of all trade, uh, but he is a master at pass rushing. So we got to really be careful and account for this young man when it comes to where Aiden Hudson lines up. There is going to be an opportunity this game for us to add and subtract. When you talk about the process, it's always a formula with victory. 
So what you need to add is we got to make sure that offense starts fast and take control of this game. Let our crowd that has had so much energy about this championship we just won last year, let them feed and it becomes a feeding frenzy throughout the entire, the energy needs to be felt on all three phases of the game. We need to control the time of possession. We need to have, uh, our players need to have the most poise. Um, and then when it comes down to it, we have to create a championship mindset that we can use the entire season. And it starts today, it starts at the Lions game against the Lions. And what we need to subtract, what Andy Reid says all the time, you got to eliminate distractions. It doesn't matter if it's contracts. It doesn't matter if old OC leaves, a new OC comes back. All of those things can be distractions. You got to calm down, settle down, and you got to take control of your destiny. The Kansas City Chiefs have been the best team in the NFL for the last four or five seasons. We got to continue to play that way. And it comes down to coaching. It comes down to eliminating distractions. And least and last, we have to replace expectations with execution. Remember that quote, replace expectations with execution. Replace expectations with execution. Again, this is Sean Barber from The Process. Back to you, Ken. Always great hearing from my guy, Sean Barber, and it's always great to talk about DraftKings. Can you believe we've had seven months without an NFL game? It's crazy, right? Well, good thing that's over. The NFL is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is giving you a can't-miss offer for Week 1. This week, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just 5 bucks on any NFL game. DraftKings is hooking up everyone with game day greatness. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every single game day this September. Check the apps to see what you get. Download now and use promo code KCSN to sign up for DraftKings. New customers can take home $200 in bonus bets instantly just for betting 5 bucks. Again, that's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text Hope NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Obviously, it's been a week here at KCSN. We're very excited to welcome only weird games to the show and to five things. Here is my mortal frenemy, Joshua Briscoe. Thanks, Kent. Only weird games will take it from here. Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor. What do we want to look forward to in this game? Nate, there's something that didn't quite make the only weird games cut this week. A little extra bonus special. What are you keeping an eye out for in Chiefs-Lions? Yeah, um, did you guys know that when Patrick Mahomes started his NFL career, uh, he was most known for one thing, throwing the ball deep? I gotta say, guys, the Chiefs kind of need to get back to that old thing, right? In 2022, this is per next-gen stats, Patrick Mahomes threw deep on a career-low 8.2%. 
to be fair, in 2020, uh, he was throwing, you know, about 11%. In 20, I mean, one of the greatest football seasons that a quarterback has ever had. In 2018, he was throwing deep on 15% of his passes. Now, I'm not asking for that against the Lions, but I do think it's something to watch for. Most teams play the Chiefs to try to prevent them from going deep because of Mahomes' ability. How can the Chiefs zig when everybody is zagging? And with the two tackles that are with the team now, if they hold up, can they throw the ball deep more than, you know, just 8% of his passes against the Lions on Thursday night? Seth, what are you be looking for there? I'm going to make that work. I really like that. I think the idea of zigging when, when, when the league is zagging a little bit, um, one thing I really like about that idea of him looking deep more is that this year with, with Sky Moore and Rasheed Rice being guys that I think they'll run a little more out of the slot as opposed to Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not at all a deep threat. He did a lot of good things for the team last year, but he's not really a deep threat. And Kelsey at this point in career, who they also run out of the slot quite a bit, mm-hmm. he, he's not, he's still a deep threat in a sense, but it's not a consistent thing like down the field. Whereas Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore both have a little more juice. Rice doesn't have great top speed, but he's got really good acceleration. His 10 and 20 yard splits are good. You can utilize some of those guys in strengths out of the slot to kind of maybe start stretching defenses with a few of those four verts. It's the most beautiful play call in all of sports. You need a couple <laughs> slot guys. And oh, by the way, we should probably mention the guy that had like a 50 yard gain out of the slot, Richie James. I mean, these guys, they can move a little bit. They got a little more juice out of the slot than what they've had previously, and I think that's a possibility to maybe get down the field a little more uh, a little more often. Here's a little fun fact to add on top of that. Last year, do you guys want to take a guess at it real quick? How many games in the regular season, there was one more in the playoffs, but how many games in the regular season Marquez Valdez-Scantling broke 70 yards last regular season in one how, game? In what? I'm going to say four. You say four, Seth says two, two. the answer is three. Hey. That was interesting. Two of those games were, here's a few big ball uh, throws and, and and take all these yardage all at once. Uh, that was against the Niners, three for 111, and uh, against the uh, Bengals in the loss, two for 71. That game against the Raiders, though, six for 90, that was uh, a lot more in terms of receptions for, for MBS than the other high yardage games. But I kind of like MVS. This is, I don't know if this is like looking for a fun prop bet or just something that I'm keeping an eye out for, but especially not knowing about the health of Travis Kelsey. I think this is an MVS game where one, it gives you the ability to push the ball down the field a little bit. And two, how many pass catchers has Patrick Mahomes thrown the ball to on this team for more than one season before this one? That doesn't include MVS, to be clear. He just was playing football before last season, which is more than some of these guys could say. But in terms of that consistency, if Kelsey's not out there and you are talking about Noah Gray and Blake Bell being your longest tenured options, maybe he and MVS have a little bit more chemistry this year. And uh, there's a chance that, that he has a bigger game. A couple big chunk plays, I think, could, could make a lot of sense. And we haven't even mis- mentioned Justin Ross yet. You want to talk about some big outside speed? <coughs> Seth's overcome with emotion. He's sneezing. He's so excited about Justin Ross. One more pass through for you guys. Deep shot, either a Justin Ross call out or one more name to keep an eye on, or are we just looking to throw the ball down the field? I'm Richie, seeing an agreement with you. Uh, I, w- I would say Richie James. Um, just a- excellent, excellent work, sir. Um, but yeah, I-, I would say Richie James on, on the occasional, hey, uh, he's new to the team and we have shown no film of him running deep outside of one pass to the, well, one pass from Blaine Gabbard. So I don't know, maybe Richie James is a, is a sneaky dark horse. 
or a sneezy dark horse option, maybe just for Seth. Uh, we'll kick it back to Kent here, man with perfect hair and hopefully no seasonal allergies. I'm just glad I didn't wear a hat for this one. Uh, thanks to Joshua Briscoe, Seth Kaiser, Nate Taylor for only weird games. Uh, Legerious Sneeze was right there. You should have snuck that in somehow. I don't know exactly, but you should have figured that out. Thanks, everybody that's watched five things, that's listened to five things to watch for Chiefs Lions. Make sure you're checking out 810's pregame show uh, before the game. And hey, the KCSN postgame show will be live uh, immediately after Chiefs Lions. Thank you all so much. We appreciate you, and we'll catch you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.